0: What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Welcome back, everybody. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our L.A. Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 207 of Rams Up. We're continuing our player focus series this episode taking a look at a couple of Rams running backs. And just a heads up, we're going to switch gears and start focusing on opponents, taking a look at all the teams the Rams will be facing this upcoming season. We'll start out with the Arizona Cardinals. That could be as early as the next episode, depending on how news breaks. We're also going to continue our Classes in Session series. We had Paul Wally on a couple weeks ago, and we talked about Offensive line gaps and defensive line techniques. That went over really well. We're going to get into some other really interesting stuff in the near future. So keep on the lookout for that. Got some other Ram ruminations coming up here. But before we get to that, I got to talk a little bit about this Kevin Demoff, Mike Florio situation. I really don't like talking about Mike Florio. Don't visit his website anymore. Try to avoid him and all his content. But he keeps on injecting his opinions, strong opinions about the Los Angeles Rams, always negative opinions. Aaron Walsh of Bleacher Report chimed in and she shared some conversations Demoff had on a couple of podcasts. Demoff clearly frustrated, stating that the Rams never actively pursued trading Matthew Stafford, pointing out that, hey, every year nine or 10 quarterbacks change teams. And the way the Rams were moving players, not re-signing players, it was very logical to expect teams to reach out to the Rams and say, hey, you guys moving on from Stafford too? Makes perfect sense. In a separate interview, Demoff stated that, hey, we could have easily moved on from Matthew Stafford if we wanted to. It's just not the case. Lots of false narratives out there. And you know what? That's thanks to guys like Mike Lombardi and probably Mike Florio. If you hear something negative about the Rams, it's reasonable to think that maybe it had its genesis with someone like Mike Florio. But Florio's having none of it, saying, bullcrap, Kevin Demoff, you lied about the Rams' intentions back in St. Louis, and you're probably lying now. His logic is that NFL general managers will lie when it serves their purposes, and therefore, he has deduced that Kevin Demoff is lying. What cracks me up about Pro Football Talk is their Twitter header quoting here, we cover the NFL with honesty, candor, authenticity, and transparency. I say bullcrap, Mike Florio, bullcrap. That is not what you're doing, especially when it comes to the Rams. Enough of Florio and Pro Football Talk. Let's get on to some good Ram stuff. A lot of good articles from various Ram writers over the last week or so talking about position battles, guys that need to step up, guys that need to show up in training camp, that sort of stuff. I'm going to take a slightly different tact here. For the Rams to be really good this year, to be a playoff team, I'm going to identify five guys that need to stay healthy, four guys that need to step up and be really good, and seven guys that, if they're just okay, the Rams will survive and possibly push for a playoff berth. Who are the five guys that need to stay healthy? A few of them are obvious. A couple of them, maybe not so much. Well, Matthew Stafford needs to stay healthy. But I'll add a clause to that. I have a really good feeling about Stetson Bennett. If something were to happen to Matthew Stafford, maybe we'd be okay. But I don't feel 100% confident about that. So Stafford needs to stay healthy, and Cooper Cup needs to stay healthy, because without him, it's a pretty average wide receiver group. Cooper Cup changes everything for this Rams offense. The third player that needs to stay healthy, surprise, surprise, Aaron Donald. This defensive line has really been transformed since last season. A'shaun Robinson and Greg Gaines gone. We got a few guys that we know can play, but a lot of guys we're not sure about. But Aaron Donald, solidifies that group, kind of like the wide receiver group without Aaron Donald. It's a pretty mediocre defensive line group with him. It's not too shabby. The fourth guy that has to stay healthy is Ernest Jones. Now, Christian Roseboom, Jay Kummel, DeAndre Square, some of these other undrafted rookies. Maybe they'll turn out okay, but we need Ernest Jones in the middle of that defense from start to finish. And the fifth guy is Jordan Fuller. And the reason I say that is because he has the potential to be really good. So he has to stay healthy. Russ Yeast, Quentin Lake, some of these other guys, maybe they'll turn out to be decent safeties, kind of like the inside linebacker group. The guys playing behind Ernest Jones, the guys playing alongside and behind Jordan Fuller, have the potential to be pretty good. But Jordan Fuller, he is a, Super talented safety, just has been so banged up. We need him to have one healthy and productive year. Now, there's four guys that I think we're counting on to be pretty darn good. And those four are, number one, Bobby Brown. He has to be a beast in the middle. Without him, I don't know where we go as far as a run-stuffing tackle in the middle of that defensive line. The second guy is Byron Young. We spent a third-round pick on him. Our edge rushers have been really depleted. Yeah, you know, Daniel Hardy could be okay. Nick Hampton, sure. Michael Hoyt. We know he's pretty good. But we need someone to step up and be really good off the edge. And Byron Young is the obvious candidate. The third guy we need to step up and be really good is Kobe Durant. He seems to be pretty good. We don't have a lot of data on him, though. Jalen Ramsey gone. Troy Hill gone. Kobe Durant's the man, and he needs to step up and be really good, not just okay. Because I have a feeling some of these other cornerbacks coming in are going to be okay, maybe pretty good. We need a stud cornerback, a guy that we can count on week in and week out. And it's got to be Kobe Durant. And the fourth guy that needs to step up and be really good is the rookie, Steve Avila. A lot of questions on this offensive line, but in my mind, it's really just about where the pieces fit. There's two pieces we know of. Rob Havenstein, and he's going to be pretty good. We know that. Very reliable. And Steve Avila, he's going to be our left guard, right? I mean, he has to be. And he has to be really good. We actually have pretty good depth and a lot of versatile offensive linemen, that'll all sort itself out. But it's really dependent on Avila being really good. And there are seven guys we need just to step up and be pretty good, just okay. If the first five guys stay healthy, the next four guys are really good. We just need decent production out of seven guys. And number one is whoever wins that left tackle spot. I know it's going to be a great battle between Noteboom and Illyric Jackson and maybe some other guys, and I've read that Noteboom needs to step up. I don't care who steps up. I don't care if it's Noteboom or Jackson. If Jackson wins that job, does that mean Noteboom is horrible? No, it just means Jackson's the best guy we have, and he needs to play like a decent average left tackle. That's all we really need. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. The second guy that needs to just be okay. Well, let's talk about our second and third guys that just need to be okay. And that would be our number two and our number three receiver. Whoever that may be, I suspect it's Van Jefferson and next man up, Tutu Atwell, Ben Scowronik, Demarcus Robinson, whoever it is, just be decent. Be better than Alan Robinson was last year. That's all we can ask for. The fourth guy that needs to just be okay is whoever our number two linebacker is. When he runs out there to play alongside Ernest Jones, needs to be just okay. Needs to be Troy Reader okay. How about that? And we'll be fine. The fifth guy that needs to be just okay is Cam Akers, although we do have some guys behind him that I have a lot of faith in, have a lot of hopes for, Cam Akers, as our number one running back, it'd be nice if Cam Akers was just okay. Maybe no more fumbles in critical situations. Keep those sticks moving. Productive in the run and pass game. You don't have to be all pro. This offense will hum along pretty good with just an okay running back. The sixth guy that has to be just okay is Darion Kendrick. Now we brought in the free agent, Akela Witherspoon. I think he's a known quantity. He is going to be okay. He's going to be all right, and we'll use him against some bigger receivers, I think. Darion Kendrick struggled last year, heard good things about him in mini camp. Rams probably put him on the field too early last year. If he's going to be our number two or three cornerback, He needs to be okay, and last year, I wouldn't say he was. I wouldn't say he was an okay cornerback. I think he had some really bad games, a few really bad plays, lots of key penalties. If Darion Kendrick can just be an average cornerback, we might be okay. And the last guy, the seventh guy that needs to just be okay is our place kicker, Tanner Brown a little bit nervous about that i feel really good about our punter and our long snapper not too concerned there but our kicker has to be reliable just be an average nfl place kicker tanner brown and if all these other things fall into place the rams will be well on their way to a playoff berth that's my position feel pretty strongly about that that's a lot to ask though it's not like hey we're going to the playoffs need five guys to stay healthy Four guys to be really good and a bunch of other guys to be just average. Now, not all of these things have to necessarily line up for the Rams to get into the playoffs. Probably the two most important are Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald's health. If a handful of these other things work out for the Rams, they could very well be a playoff team. I know that's going against the grain here. This is not what the experts are telling us. That's what I'm telling you. A lot to ask for, but if things line up, Rams could be a playoff team. The last thing I want to talk about before we get to our player focus segment is the Madden rating, the quarterback rating specifically. A lot of talk out there about Matthew Stafford being disrespected, the 22nd ranked quarterback, well behind Jared Goff actually. I'm not going to get into this real deep. It's just a quarterback rating, but I think what we have is recency bias working against Stafford in too much of what happened last year when he obviously wasn't 100%. The Rams' offense was not operating anywhere near, I would say, even 75% capacity. Offensive line banged up. Receivers got banged up. It's going to be different this year, and he's going to outplay that rating. That's all I'm going to say about that. Continuing our player focus series, who have we touched on so far? O'Shawn Mathis, Warren McClendon, the three wide receivers Demarcus Robinson, Lawrence McCutcheon, and Tyler Johnson. We talked about three defensive linemen that are competing for roster spots. Jonah Williams, Laurel Murchison, and Deshaun Johnson. Christian Roseboom and Jake Hummel. We talked about those two returning inside linebackers. Making a half hearted attempt to avoid talking about rookies because we've talked about them a lot already. Trying to talk about guys that are returning, trying to keep roster spots, or in the case of one of these guys we're going to talk about today, a returning Ram who is trying to regain a roster spot. We're talking about two running backs, Kyron Williams and Sony Michelle. Let's talk about Sony Michelle first. And the intent here is to get reacquainted with these guys and assess what their roles will be. Hey, maybe first we should discuss what are their chances of making this roster, and if they do, what their role could possibly be. Sony Michelle, 5'11", 215. We know this guy pretty well, but let's get into our way back machine. He played high school football in Plantation, Florida as a high school senior, rushed for over 1,800 yards and 24 TDs, and over three years on varsity. 4,758 yards and 63 touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. And that's why Rivals.com had him as a five-star recruit and was ranked as the third best running back coming out of high school that year, the 13th best player overall. So he goes to Georgia, formed quite a running back tandem there with Nick Chubb. Chubb and Michelle's 8,259 career rushing yards as a tandem broke the record previously held by the Pony Express backfield Eric Dickerson, we all know him pretty darn well, and Craig James. His big day in college football was New Year's Day, a senior year against Oklahoma and the Rose Bowl, Georgia's first ever college football playoff game, carried the ball just 11 times for 181 yards and three touchdowns, including a walk-off 27-yard rushing touchdown to end the game in double overtime. So he goes to the Patriots in the first round of the 2018 draft, 31st overall. Two running backs went before him, Saquon Barkley and Rashad Penny. His teammate Nick Chubb went four picks later in the second round. Plays three years for the Patriots. Scored the only TD in Super Bowl 53, unfortunately, against our Los Angeles Rams. Traded to the Rams in 2021 after Cam Akers got hurt and helped the Rams win a Super Bowl. Joins the Dolphins, but was cut before the season began. Then signed with the Chargers. 36 rushes for 106 yards for the Chargers. In his career, he's played in 65 games, 779 rushes, over 3,000 yards and 18 touchdowns. In 2021 with Rams, Akers hurt, of course, 208 rushes, 845 yards, 4 TDs, a respectable 4.1 average. My take on Michelle is that he's a great pass blocker, gets yards after contact, but not real elusive, not great speed. Let's go back to his draft profile and see if the scouts agreed. NFL.com had him as a 6.40. That's pretty darn good. Called him a no-nonsense runner who can combine vision, burst, and physicality. An angular runner thrives going north and south. Highly respected team leader, vocal leader, two-year captain at Georgia. Excellent in blitz pickup. And we all remember that one play. Seen it over and over again. Yeah, he can protect his quarterback pretty darn good at it. His weaknesses, they said, not the sharpest at making cuts. And in short yardage, needs to improve his feel for finding creases. Just kind of plows ahead and gets the minimum amount of yardage you would expect. But he is good at that. Good red zone runner, in my opinion. Let's talk about Kyron Williams a little bit. 5'9", 194, grew up in St. Louis. St. John Vianney High School as a senior rushed for over 2000 yards and 26 touchdowns caught 55 passes for 725 yards the St. Louis metro area offensive player of the year and he also played defense 92 tackles 8 tackles for a loss 5 sacks and 8 interceptions that's a pretty impressive combination 5 sacks and 8 interceptions you don't see that very often So the Rams pick him in the fifth round of the 2022 draft, number 164 overall. And then in June, they announced he had a broken foot, then gets hurt on opening day, goes on injured reserve, returns in October, activated from injured reserve on November 12th, ends up playing in nine games, 35 rushes for 139 yards, his longest with 17 yards, Ended up with 141 snaps on offense, 53 snaps on special teams. And Williams remains quite the mystery. And on two accounts. First, can he play at the NFL level? We're not really sure. We haven't seen him with the ball in his hands enough to really make that assessment, in my opinion. I mean, just 35 carries. I remember a couple runs. He looked pretty good. I remember a lot of runs where there was just nothing there. How much of that was the offensive line? But the bigger mystery is what the Rams did with him at the end of the year. He was apparently healthy. In the back-to-back games against the Saints and Chiefs, he had 35 and 38 snaps on offense, and then it went downhill from there. And he must have been healthy because he was still playing on special teams. The last two games of the season combined for three snaps on offense and 24 snaps on special teams. I don't really understand. Don't get it. Maybe the Rams had seen enough of him. Maybe he wasn't 100%. Our insiders don't have any information for us. Don't get me started on that. So Kyron Williams, an enigma wrapped in a riddle at this point. Go back to his draft day profiles. NFL.com gave him a 6.0. A team leader and a combative runner finds ways to wiggle out of trouble in tight quarters. Experience lining up in various positions on the line and running routes, rare understanding of protection schemes, weaknesses more quick than explosive, and they said he lacks power. So he has some similarities with Michelle. The similarities would be both team leaders, both combative runners, and both very good in pass protection. The differences being Michelle probably more of a power runner, earning yards after contact, and Williams, maybe a little bit more wiggle on his game, hopefully able to create space, make cuts, and get the extra yardage. Of course, we haven't seen that at the NFL level. Sonny Michel, I think we've seen enough of him to know that he can be an effective NFL runner. A great one? Probably not. Good backup? Yeah, I suppose. How much wear and tear on the tires? Not a whole lot, really. Over the last couple of years, hasn't really had to carry a big load, especially last year. So final word on Kyron Williams and Sonny Michelle and the Rams running back room. This is how I see it. Cam Akers is going to be the guy this year. But remember, he's a free agent next year. Rams have to figure out where they're going moving forward. If you asked me, I don't think Cam Akers will be back next year unless he's just incredible and the Rams can bring him back at a reasonable price. But I don't think they will. I don't care how well Cam Akers plays. This is the way the NFL is rolling. Cam Akers is not going to get another contract with the Rams, I don't think. And maybe that's why they have Zach Evans and Kyron Williams in the house. All these teams, they're just drafting running backs every year is what they're doing. So the Rams are already maybe figuring out who their 2024 running back will be. I don't think it will be Cam Akers, but it'll be Akers this year at least to start. What about Zach Evans? Well, Zach Evans could be the number one running back by the end of the year, or as a sixth-round pick, the Rams could give up on him if he doesn't produce, try to sneak him onto the practice squad. My guess is it's going to be somewhere in between. He's going to be their number two guy and potentially their number one guy next year. Can't write that in cement. Who knows? We haven't even got to preseason games, though. But right now, if you pin me in a corner and ask me how this running back rim's going to stack up, I think it's Cam Akers, number one. Zach Evans, number two. At least it's Zach Evans' job to lose as the number two running back. And same for Cam Akers. Evans could leapfrog Akers or someone could leapfrog Evans. And who could leapfrog him? Kyron Williams or Sony Michelle. I wish I had a better gauge on Kyron Williams. I really don't. I suspect he's going to make this team, but if Sonny Michel looks like he still has legs and Ronnie Rivers is producing okay, maybe they move on from Kyron Williams. Who knows? I wish we had seen more of him late last year. I certainly hope he's on this roster because I think that's a pretty darn good running back room. Cam Akers, Zach Evans, Kyron Williams, and Sony Michel. And I haven't talked about Ronnie Rivers. He's got a tough road to hoe now the number five running back on the depth chart as far as I can tell. But hey, there's injuries, other things that pop up. Maybe Ronnie Rivers makes this squad. I suspect the Rams will be carrying four running backs, but I could be wrong. In 2021, the Rams started with only three running backs, Daryl Henderson, Sony, Michelle, and Jake Funk, but I think that was because they expected Cam Akers back. In 2022, their initial 53 included four running backs, Akers, Henderson, Williams, and Funk. I suspect it's more likely going to be four running backs. Ronnie Rivers, the odd man out. But things could change. We'll have to see how preseason breaks out. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Don't write off Zach Evans. He could end up being the number one running back at some point. And don't write off Kyron Williams. He could end up being the number two or three. But right now, my pecking order would be Akers, Evans, Michelle, and Williams. Just haven't seen enough of Kyron Williams and There are some hints that maybe the Rams don't have a lot of faith in him. Hey, if someone knows different, let me know. That's my pecking order right now. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe, Buckeye Bonsai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama. Hama. It's your legacy. Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305.